From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. This is Eric Wakeling here, and I am joined at... Joned? I said joned. I'm joined doned. as usual. Because <laughs> I was thinking of you're you. You're doned. I was joned as doned. Uh, how you doing, Matt Doan? Doing really well. Uh, other than the fact that it's about 117 in the worship in little, center in, right now. In our podcast studio. In the secret podcast studio of Calvary Church. That's right. That's right. But we are welcomed by somebody that made it this hot because he brought the fire yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Brian Smith. Brian Smith, welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thank you. Good to be here with you guys. Yeah, super good to have you. And it was great having you um, preach yesterday. Uh-huh. And um, I know you even said, uh, what did you say? I'm, I don't really like this or I'm not, this yeah. isn't my thing or something. You had like a line about that. Yeah. 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 I got a lot of talk about fire. So many people came in to add me and they're like, ah, and I'm like, eh, that's not exactly what I meant, but oh, yeah, I like, get it. Oh, like mad at you for saying that. Yeah. Just like just yeah. asking follow-up questions to the sermon. Yeah. 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 So it's just interesting. Well, we have lots of follow-up questions. Oh yeah. But we'll oh get yeah. To, we'll, we'll get, we'll to get that. in line. We'll get in line right <laughs> oh, there. Goodness. I do have to say though, Eric, I, I had yes, a, a front row seat literally to uh, Brian's preaching in that uh, we share a wall. Our offices mm. share a wall here at Calvary Church Santa Ana, colleagues in the reach ministry. Yes. And my brother, Brian, I just appreciate how hard you worked on this sermon. Um, I literally heard him going over it, changing different parts, saying it against across the wall. Nice. I wouldn't exaggerate probably 25 hours this week, this last week. It was amazing. Uh, I so. don't know. Out loud preaching in the office 25 hours? Well, t- I, tinkering I, on it, working on it. No. <laughs> no, it was a blessing to me, and it actually made me do something last Wednesday, but we'll get into that. Oh, like you worked on your sermon for once? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, no, I actually didn't, so that would not be true, but it made me do something. Oh. Fishers and men. Oh, Fishers did, and men. Wow. Did you evangelize to someone? I did. Wow. I know. Tell the story. Let's go. Okay, real quick. It's not about Jumping me. In. Not about me, but I'll make it about me. It doesn't um, mean it's about you. So... Brian like gave me a little preview of his sermon last, uh, I think Tuesday night or Wednesday. And so yeah, yep. I was thinking about that Wednesday morning, we were at the hospital across the street from Calvary. And I was walking out of the hospital after meeting with our, we do a prayer thing there every Wednesday, which is so fun. I was walking out of that meeting and I saw just older Vietnamese man sitting there and he looked really troubled. And mm. so I just walked up to him. I go, Hey, I'm one of the chaplains here at the hospital, just kind of sensed that maybe I could pray for you. Mm-hmm. And he said, actually, could you pray for my wife? So he starts bolting back in the hospital. I don't know where we're going. Yeah. And we just go into the, into the lobby, go to the elevator, go up to the seventh floor. And we walk in and we prayed for his wife who was having some serious health stuff. Mm. And it was super cool. After we prayed, he said, that's the first time we're Buddhist. That's the first time we've ever been prayed over by a Christian. Whoa. And it was just a powerful yeah, moment cool. to be like, whoa, Lord, I was... You know, listening to Brian's message throughout the week, hearing it, going, okay, God, open up some fishing opportunities. Yep. And Ask. then just this chance to pray over someone that has a Buddhist background came up out of yeah, nowhere. It was cool. so cool. Yeah. So anyway, that's just my little story. That's an awesome story, I think. It's, like, that's incredible when you think about a person that 
they're Buddhist and they were super just like, yes, please right. too, like yeah. right away. Yeah. They weren't like, um, the guy with the dog at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh man. I don't wish that on, on my, my enemy. That's for sure. I told that story twice in different settings yesterday. It was really a good story. We were, so in my, um, little summer book club yeah. like group that meets at 11 o'clock. Yeah. One of the chapters is about, or, or like in the, in the book, there's like a million, it's like this, the book, if you guys haven't seen it yet, the, what if Jesus was serious is like 40 something chapters that are real yeah. short, a couple pages. But mm -hmm. one of them was on persecution. Cause as it talks like in the Beatitudes about blessed are those that are persecuted. Yeah. Right. And so then, and so the question came up of was, was Brian being told to, you know, to F off as, as you put it, um, as the man put it, um, was that, um, persecution, huh? Isn't that kind of interesting? Like, were you being persecuted? Cause it was for Christ's sake. Cause it wasn't right. this like fake. Cause, cause the no, book was talking totally. about this, like that fake sort of persecution that right. people can feel like, Oh, because like I'm persecuted because they took the 10 commandments down from the like or pub public Bible building, beat someone you know, and now or, they're upset at me. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Or that exactly. So right. do you feel like you were persecuted in that moment? Uh, you know, <laughs> I have, because of where we worked overseas, it's just the idea of persecution in the Western church is pretty kind of an anathema. We yeah, don't quite get it, yeah. but that doesn't mean that there isn't struggle or there aren't challenging things that we go through. So, yeah. it, I, I mean, I wouldn't classify myself. I wouldn't, but if someone yeah. wanted to say that about me, I'd give space for that. Right. So. Yeah, we kind of talked about it. It's almost like there has to, there's like almost like a spectrum of sure, persecution. Sure. Yeah. And like that would probably be very, we kind of came to the conclusion that sure. it would be a yes, but like a low level. Yeah. You know? I could see that. <laughs> and so, yeah. And it's like, well, okay. And they rejoice that they were counted worthy to right. suffer for the name. Right. Right. So it's like, exactly. okay, cool. So it's not like I'm going out looking for this, but it's also that I'm, I'm ready. Right. So. Right. I think right. that's a good like note, like the spectrum of persecution, because <laughs> burning at the stake would maybe be one side of the persecution. <laughs> yeah, that feels getting, pretty high. Getting cut off on the freeway for having a fish sticker might be like yes. right. a low level. So yeah, yes. like okay, not everything's persecution, but not that nothing's not either. Like I mean, there's something that right. is. Right, right, right. It's like the quadrants. Yeah, <laughs> back to the quadrants. Totally. <laughs> I think the word of the day too is an anthema. That's a really good word. You said it wrong, anyways. <laughs> Say it again. Anathema, yeah. Anathema. Ding, ding, ding. Anathema. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that in sorry. some different form or fashion this week. I'm publicly yeah. mean to Don about these kind of things. I'm sorry. Like you have to. I've listened to, to the pod a few yeah. times. <laughs> okay, Whoa, we actually true. have a guest who's listened <laughs> oh, to the yes. pod before. That might make you the first, Robert Carter. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, we'll see if this comes back to him. We'll know. Although he's on paternity leave right now, so good for him. Yeah, take that baby time. Exactly. Although he could be maybe needing to take a walk and listen, to, or maybe soothe the baby to sleep. Yes. <laughs> with that the, deep voice of Eric. With the podcast. Well, I do know people that listen to this podcast while they run. So it can also be pump ah, up. Nice. Like, let's go, yeah. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yesterday, let's just get into it. We, uh, we kind of, we're into it. So it's good. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll get distracted at some point too. Sorry to everyone <laughs> that doesn't like that. But uh, we were in the second week of our Go Fish series, which is um, kind of a subtitle of a vision for discipleship for our church and recognizing that discipleship is making new disciples and ongoing disciples both. Um, but uh, it does feel like I even had a line for this Sunday when I when I'm preaching this coming Sunday of like Jesus seems to be. Uh, uh, 
preoccupied with the catch. <laughs> like uh, you should catch, you need to catch fish before you can continue to like have them in your life. Disciple mentor yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so that does seem like a very, like a highly important part of it, but sure. all of it's important. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this, this week, so just reminding everyone. So it's uh, all on Matthew four nineteen. Mm-hmm. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. Um, or that's like the NASB. Uh, but, and then uh, like a, uh, Follow me, and I will show you how to be fishers of people, or something. How like to that. fish for how people. to fish for people is yeah. the NLT. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, this was the week of either I will make you, or I will show you. I'll prepare you how to do that. So the God's the the Holy Spirit, the power of God, role in this, the sovereignty of God, role in yep. this. Um, so um, Brian brought an awesome message for us, which had a good, I think, a really great combination of sort of like what we would think of as just like Bible teaching sure. with, um, and it's kind of topical at some level. So it's like, even though we are going through a verse, it's kind of like a topic at some, like out of sure. four words or whatever. Um, so, totally. <laughs> so then into a lot of great personal stories and admonitions for people. So don't, you got a question for Brian about his sermon? Wow. Thank you, Eric, for asking me <laughs> if I had a question. Um, yeah, I love, you know, we're setting, like Eric's saying, like the theological foundation and then some real mm-hmm. practical stories, real life stories that we got to laugh about, identify yep. with, even be inspired by. Uh, in the theological portion, that first half, you said something that was so good. It was hitting me of uh, when God says, or when Jesus calls to make, it's not like a parent saying, I'm going to make you eat your vegetables, but it's more like a football offensive line, like making the way. Yep. for uh, a running back to run through. I just thought that analogy, at least for me in my brain, was like, oh, that's perfect. Uh-huh. But expand on that. What, what hit you about even that statement? Yeah, that was just um, like literally 10 minutes before uh, Trevor and I were talking about that. He's like, and it's not this idea of making like, I'm going to make you like sit down, submit. Uh-huh. It's not that idea of to make. It's this idea that he is crafting or he is preparing. And that's really going back to that Greek, poeo, that word, to prepare, to lead out in preparation for. And so this idea of the, that he is a way maker, he's the one who is kind of, I even had a professor who uh, used to live in Afghanistan with his family for years and he'd walk through the market and he had this picture where you always go big when you're in the market as a man, <laughs> you lead the way in, uh-huh. in your women, your, your wife and your daughters are behind you. And this is how it is in Afghanistan. Okay. And so he would get big and he would bump into guys along the way and saying, I'm here. Don't get in my way. I'm here. And he would lead the way. By the and way, everyone, Brian's visualizing this right now. Yeah, I wish totally podcast right listeners, you, and, can, you can see this. Yeah, right. It looks good. Um, and so, but he's bumping along the way saying, I'm here. Don't get in the way. I'm making the way. And he was leading the way so that his, his wife and his kids, his daughters, that they feel protected and cared for, that they know that, and everyone knows Oh, this guy, he's going out in front. He, this man has authority. Okay, I'm not going to touch him. Mm-hmm. He's serious about it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like even myself, like a way of like, this isn't like God, um, this idea of submission. You're going to submit. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm, I'm going to make you do this. It's I, I get to do this with you and you are the one leading. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah, that is cool. I like that. And that takes the focus off of ourselves, this kind of. I think pressure that we have to either quote unquote do it right <laughs> yeah, or to conjure up these evangelistic opportunities. It's like, oh, no, God's going ahead of us. 
Totally. And, and that's one of the things I think we get wrong so much is that we try to conjure this up. We, we make the circumstances and we play these games in our brain. Well, if it goes this way, then I'll go that way. And if we go and God oftentimes just totally turns it mm. and it's teaching us that, Hey, you can prepare. Cool. Be prepared. Do what you, it says in season and out of season, be prepared to give a hope for the, or a defense for the hope that lies within you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yet we need to be led by the Holy spirit because he's often going to, it, taking a left turn and we go, okay, I guess I have to go obey that. And he opens up a door that we never saw. And it's like, okay, like here we are. And God, you did this. Yeah. So hmm. and I appreciated you kind of like just kind of talking us through some of how you have listened to God for that. Like, so how are you, you know, how, how do you follow where God's going if you don't know right. how to hear from his voice or how to see right. him or whatever, you know, when you think of the, the kids following the dad, uh, yep. in the marketplace, mm-hmm. like they've got their, they're looking at dad, right. Their eyes are fixed. Yep. And, um, so you kind of like began to share with us some ways that you were listening to God and like, you're willing to take some risks. Like, um, we joked about the, the dog, the Starbucks thing a little yep. bit, you know, but at the same time, I liked how you said that that was, um, it was more like opening your heart and like, it's, I, I don't know, at some level it was like, God's like, Hey, now you've, now you've listened. Now you're ready for like, maybe even the next time or, or something like, like that. Jedi training. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, and I think this the is rock. the thing people oftentimes think of hearing from God as binary, either you do or you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not how God works. Mm-hmm. He's always speaking and we can hear him. It says his sheep hear his voice in scripture. Yeah. And so if you're part of the kingdom of God, you're a follower, you hear him it's just how do you hear him how does he speak to you Mm -hmm. what does it sound like and in what ways does he normally speak to you because he like he mentioned he speaks to my wife amy totally different than me and he speaks to doan differently and and eric you you differently and so it's it's this process of beginning to um, just discern his voice and listen and then from that move out and and at the same time there is blessing i think that comes from being Mm. prepared and having a lifestyle of evangelism and discipleship as you go Mm -hmm. even if it's like you're just sharing and you're just casting seed like basically wide Mm -hmm. cool i think god still blesses that but i do think that there is a level of of additional like god with us blessing that comes from hearing specifically his voice and following in what he's specifically doing. Okay. Mm. Let me get like deep into the weeds with this. And yes. this is kind of what we get to do on this podcast, which is a blessing. Yeah. yeah. But let's first talk about being prepared because I think there is a sense, like you told a story about a coworker who came up to you at work and said, there's something different about you, about, about you, Brian, and mm. this other coworker yeah. who are believers. And it felt like, at least as you told the story, you pretty quickly were able to respond with, uh, halfway intelligent answer of like, let's follow up. Let's talk about this. But obviously you had thought about that opportunity previous to that. So how sure. would you say someone heard the message yesterday? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I see God's preparing a way, making a way for me to be a fisher of people. Okay. What do I do next? What's, how do I prepare for this first opportunity? How, what would you say to that? Yeah. So there's so many ways, but one, the first, I would say, prepare your testimony. Mm-hmm. Know how God has blessed you and met you and changed your life. And let me tell you, I grew up in the church. I still have story of how God's changed me and molded me. Yeah. And actually, it's a blessing to hear someone's testimony who's grown up into the church and they don't have this crazy like, oh, I was off in like left field and in drugs and and on living on the streets and God did all this stuff cool, cool story. But oftentimes it's a blessing to hear that people um, don't have that story. 
because God blessed them and protected them. Yeah. Can I just tell one story about this yeah. real quick? Cause, yeah. uh, and then I want to get back to the more, but like it, so I had shared that first week, um, about how like a boring story, like even impacted these guys that were in, in prison because right. they, and I say quote unquote boring, right? Like uh-huh. the, because they like, were like, wow, it's possible that someone could be born and have a, like a, a good family experience and become a Christian and live for Christ and not have any major crises or whatever. And it made them weep because they're like, Oh, it's possible. And so I shared that yeah. in church. And then the other day I was um, hanging out. This was just Saturday. I was with hmm. B and her parents and uh, we were hanging out and, and B goes, uh, Oh, cause B's mom was even kind of like talking about like her testimony feeling like mm. it's boring. And B's like, mm. Oh, I just saw this video that had this guy that like talked about, like he told this thing of like in prison and it would make them, and I'm like, wait a minute. That was my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just turned bright red. and was like, Oh, embarrassed. she's like, it was, Oh no. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. So I love that. That's, that's like, so that's great. actually like a huge form of flattery right there. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, one amazing this preacher. He's some random dude. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. So uh, Sweet Ted talk. Okay. So yeah. So prepare, <laughs> prepare your testimony. Okay. Which yeah. is good. Super good. Yeah. yeah. And realize that, and there's, I mean, we can walk to anyone that wants to come and work with us in, um, at Calvary with me. I'm happy to do that mm, that's and cool. just sit down and like, we'll, we'll craft it out a bit. And this idea of like who I was before and that there's this intersection moment that Jesus met me mm-hmm. and then things have shifted from them and not everything's hunky dory. This in health, wealth, prosperity, yeah, yeah. but that there has been a palpable shift. There should be transformation, transform people, transform nations. Like mm. that's what God does. And so we need to be transformed. Yeah. So that's our story. And part of it is recognizing how we've been transformed. Mm. So that's good. Mm-hmm. I what think else? like even okay. share that with, um, share your story with a friend, like sometime, like go hang out with a friend go to coffee and like share it with them. Say like, Hey, can I just like, tell you my story that's yep. like already a christian let's say yeah. you know and just like get it out and like kind of practice and sure. like get used to doing totally. it yeah, yeah. like that kind of because I, I would say like i think both you could say this is true there's usually five to ten questions that you get a lot in your life yep yeah um and even think through okay as i respond to those type of questions yeah. like i'm sure when you were serving overseas <laughs> main question why are you here right would you get totally. that just every day Totally. So this is what I refer to as that Shema, like, hey, incline your ear, listen. Mm-hmm. And this is what we would call overseas Shema statements. It's a listen up statement. I'm a spiritual person. I'm mm. a person who's connected to God. And like, are you connected to God? Mm. And so helping them kind of see from the very first. I was just with another guy who's looking at going over to the Muslim world as well mm-hmm. today from Calvary. And he's like, so how do you start having conversations? Well, do you, do you bring up Jesus immediately? What do you do? He said, from the very first conversation, you are bringing up that you're a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And so I do that all the time. If, and so I'll bring it up and like, oh, that's so cool. God's good or this or that. But overseas, answering your question, yeah, um, what do you think about Trump? What do you think? Why are you here? <laughs> Literally, in the uh, local language, it means how did you fall here is how you would translate uh-huh. it. Like you fell down and you from fell right spaceship. here from the spaceship right here. Cause why so, on earth else would you be here? It's, right. it's insane. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So funny. Um, I love, I love translation in other languages, yeah. but um, yeah. Uh, directions all the time. We get directions, but I have to say, cause someone said this to my wife the other day, right after church, they said, Oh, well, yeah, but you know, there are missionaries. And my wife stopped him uh, and said, we were missionaries, but we are here now. Yeah. 
And the reality is that we are still involved in the Great Commission here and now. Yeah, yeah, and like, exactly. and the guy was like, ooh. And I was surprised. Like, Amy's non-confrontational, right? <laughs> Whoa. Right. And it's like, we need to hear that, that here now, I prepare all the time for, what did people ask me? Like, what do you do? Like, why are you here? Like, oh, and how, how do we craft these conversations wherever mm-hmm. we're at so that there can be a way of bringing this up in a natural non-threatening just natural way that Mm. invites people in for more conversation and and to hit on that point Mm. of amy's conversation i think that's one of the hopes of this three-week series is uh, again and again to tell the wonderful people of calvary church that this isn't just a job for the professionals that evangelism discipleship is not just for someone else it's for you it's for me it's for all of us doing our part using our natural and unique experiences and giftings in order to do this and so yeah, I love that it's not just set up. And, and that's hard because the three of us are professional. Someone joked to me this weekend. They're like, well, I'm not a professional Christian. No offense, Matt. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, I guess I kind of am if you want to like frame it like that. Sure. Like I work vocationally at a church and so do the two of you. And so and that's where I, I'm just so thankful to the Lord that I I work like 10 to 15 hours a week in a business context as well. Huh. Where it's like when people have said that to me, I'm like, and I get these weird looks of, wait, you, so you don't work full, no, I I do both. Yeah. I work full-time here as a pastor and part-time in business, and this is how God's called me. And I love doing that That's because cool. I get out of the four walls of the church, and I am out among people who have, mm. like, they, some of these people are, have no clue what the gospel is because we're kind of moving in that direction here yeah. in the U.S., and I love that. It just it energizes me. That's awesome. Mm. Eric and I don't have other jobs because we have no skills outside of not true this this is is all we got well i'm a model (laughs) 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 don's always joking with uh john smalley about the we're gonna like make a living like cleaning trash cans that was their last uh don't don't blow the don't blow the the top secret uh, idea here everyone knows about that you put that on you put that out in public already. That's so funny. <laughs> my business mind when you, you're like my previous team leader. And he's like, hey, what if we did this? I'm like, eh, not going to work. Not going to work. Not going to work. That's, hilarious. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, it's for everyday people. Yes. It's for each of us. Um, okay. Anything else prepare? You got your testimony. What else? Um, I, I think uh, preparing, um, you know, it, people talk about uh, like your elevator speech or whatever. I think that is important to mm. say, okay, if I boiled it down, how I would express the gospel, the good news of Jesus, how, in what, what are those key components? Mm-hmm. Could I share that in 30 seconds? Mm-hmm. Could I share that in one minute? Could I share that in five minutes? Mm. And you find yourself in different contexts. And because when you're working like in God's like, hey, share with this person at the checkout, like at Ikea. What am I going to say? Mm-hmm. And we don't have to feel pressured like every time to like go crazy telling them the gospel every time. Mm-hmm. But you can just, and this is what I want to encourage people to. Part of this is that you might have God's calling you to help someone move one or a couple clicks closer towards faith mm-hmm. rather than like, hey, here's a whole thing. It's like, yeah. no, it's this, it's this winding scale that he has and he's got them on a path and you, you need to play your role. Maybe you have a larger role that day and you share more of the gospel or the, all of it. And mm. so that they can hear clearly and they need to hear that several times before they're ready. Right. Mm-hmm. For a Muslim, it takes 70 times hearing the gospel before they truly begin to understand. Wow. And so we need to see that this is a overtime thing and it's, it's, um, don't, 
just because someone doesn't come to faith doesn't mean like we failed at all. Yeah. Like they heard, they yeah. heard and the Holy Spirit will begin to work on their lives. Yeah. I love there was an analogy one time I heard on the same realm where it's like twisting a light bulb. Like yes. it's not the first twist that turns the light bulb on, but it's sometimes the second or the third or seventh. And oh, it's funny. Actually, so yeah. It's like thinking about that. Right. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. idea of just we're putting gospel good news seeds out. And yes. that. okay. So that was my, my second question just based on even yesterday was, Walk me through as best as you can. Walk us through. You're at Starbucks. You get this scene of a dog in your mind. I, as best as you can describe it, help us. Because you're right. Not everyone's going to see pictures like that or hear from God like that. Right. But for those that maybe think they have or, or will, can you just help us understand what that looked like for you? You're right. So that time was a little bit more just a thought. It wasn't so much of like, and God will work um, in different ways, um, at least with me. Yeah. And this sometimes I'll have like, not just the thought, but it'll um, of like something that's like nagging in my, in my mind, but also a picture that goes along with it. Hmm. And sometimes it's a little bit grainy, kind of like it's still coming to, into focus almost. Hmm. And I'll just keep praying and saying, God, show me more, show me more. Is this me? Is this not? Is this you? Is this like which direction to go? And there'll be like sometimes where it's like pause back up a few steps. That was totally you mm-hmm. or kind of revise that actually go over this direction. And it just is this process, this iterative process, but it takes time to begin to you, honestly, the only way is to begin to pray, ask mm-hmm. the Lord and slowly step out. And so I encourage like the listeners of this podcast and Calvary church members, if you weren't, you're wanting to grow in this, asking God for like a little tiny win, like, mm-hmm. what is this really simple way that you can speak to me and I can obey mm-hmm. you and learn to hear your voice above my own or above, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's just step by step mm-hmm. by step. Because you, you also, if I'm getting the story right, you waited for like 45 minutes or something. Well, they're like holding our feet right? to our our feet to the fire. Like you got to give like, like basically a prophetic word to someone. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like, I, I'm so nervous. I was literally sweating. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was like your instructions from this discipleship team group thing, right. training thing you were involved in, right? Right. And that, and so, but but how long from between you got this like image of this dog between when you then decided to get up and and go outside? Yeah. So I was. I, I got to Starbucks and I waited like five minutes starting to pray. And that's when I kind of heard yeah. this nagging thought of like, hey, you'll you'll know when you see the dog. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm like, okay. And it's like five more minutes, 10 more minutes, 20 more minutes. I'm like just waiting. And that's where I started to get antsy. Yeah. I'm like, do I go to the park? Do I look over here? Right. I saw a dog over here. Do I chase this woman down? That'd be really weird. <laughs> and so you start like freaking out. Like probably second- should have. You probably, she would probably have been saved. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that because one of the things that people that and and it's so interesting it's so important that if we're going to go out in this way and even like it's almost in, in a sense of prophetic ministry yeah. which is okay like mm-hmm. and we can talk about that sure. like another time but if you're doing that the way you go about it is so important mm. when people are like god told me this for you that's mm-hmm. just so direct and if you're wrong Mm-hmm. what's that going to do to that person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, we want to be humble and realize that we, we see Jesus in part, but then face to face that there's a level to where we are not perfectly going to hear this. And yet we are starting to hear more closely what his voice sounds like. Yeah. And that can be a good thing. Mm. And so 
I would say like it's not like a once again it's not binary it's not on or off it's like sure. you're beginning to learn more and more so mm-hmm. yeah and but yeah and what yeah, yeah. 45 minutes right okay i was like i i just can't handle the stress anymore i'm i'm ejecting yeah. but i guess i i'm i'm praising you I, I don't think you should feel down for the getting up at 43 minutes because that seems like what god had for you but like i'm i'm praising you or using this as a teaching tool of like you waited for 45 minutes like that's a long time mm-hmm. right to like so even for people it's not going to be where you go let's say in your story you go into starbucks and you say okay lord show me the person that you want me to talk to you or whatever totally. and then like 30 seconds later it's like a halo appears around them you know and and you go talk to them right now there was like some there was like this waiting and listening and hoping and trusting and i don't know there's a lot to it totally yeah. and it can be it, it's different every time and that's yeah. just part of the adventure of being on mission True. with jesus so i've had it be like oh that was quick okay. like something yeah. quick I've had it be, well, you shared this before. It's like I had this picture of what is going to happen in this Muslim village yeah. for six six years. And I held on to it and just praying like, okay, God, yeah. make this happen. And then it came, it came about like God was doing it. And why was he showing me that? I don't know. Maybe so I could pray into it. I, I don't really know. Right, but he was right. speaking. So I'm like, okay, I'll be part of it yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because that was that. That was the thing, right, of the like. You're, there's going to be like a smoker under like a walnut tree or something right. like that. Right, yeah. Right. And that's very specific so, or, yeah. you know, his name and, and everything. Name, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. He's going to be the, like the person leading his people to faith. And right. I can tell you from what I heard from my friends just this last week, it is happening. Mm-hmm. So like cool. Dozens and dozens of people are coming into the kingdom that's of God rad. in mm. this unreached people group. Yeah. Like they're going to be leading the way in the Southern region of where I used to live in just a number of years. It's amazing. Wow. That's so mm. cool. And wow. And like you held on to that though, for several years before that came to pass. Yep. And that's and even in that early. process, I thought it at some point I was getting, um, I mean, there's real talk. I, I, I was getting nervous, like, okay, like, am I holding on to this? Did I not hear? So I was like, Hey man, maybe this is for you and for your ministry. I give this to my friend, um, mm. can't mention his name. He's like, Oh, well, thanks so much. Like I'll pray into that. It wasn't for him. Huh. It wasn't for him. Yeah. And the reality is like, does that like negate it? Does that mean like I'm a false prophet and like, <laughs> right. and like I'm like to be executed? Like, yeah. no, yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, yeah, right. have to do that here. <laughs> Roll out the guillotine. Um, so, but it's like, no, it's that we hear in part and I was getting impatient and it right. actually wasn't for him. And he was mature enough to be like, Hey, thanks so much. And the way I delivered it was like, Hey, maybe like this might be for you. Like test yeah. it, see if this is what God yeah. would confirm. But I realized later on, I'm like, Oh yeah. And this is where humility is a huge piece of doing mm-hmm. this. It's like, we don't, it's not like I've arrived by any means. Oh mm-hmm, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So I like how, okay. So you have these very vivid, although they take a long time, they don't feel as maybe as vivid as even you'd hope. It's Cause I think sometimes like we hear these stories and you're like, Oh man, Instant, that, that yeah. never happens to me. But then you're sure. like, I'm having these experiences and I'm still like, Lord, what do I do? <laughs> uh, sure. but, but then I liked how also, yeah, like as you mentioned already here on the pod too, but like how then your wife just like has a, a prompting to help someone in need mm-hmm. and that's how God has shaped her. And she uses that as, as a way of responding. And I know yep. for me, like listening, I feel like it's more of like a, like a sensing or like, like a nudge. Like I just have to like, Oh, it's, it's time. It's, it's the right it's, thing to do right now. Yeah. It's more of like a prompting of like, hey, it's time to do this or to do something. I might not, I might have to like 
sort of figure out what this something like, is. Get a little deeper into that because I think we kind of intuitively know what you mean, but what do you mean by nudge? I know it's so hard to explain because it's like um, it's almost like um, I could almost describe it as like you know when you feel nervous and yeah. and you're like. And you're kind of like, I'm almost like, like out of breath or something mm. out of breath is like too strong, but I'm almost like nervous. So it's like, it's like a pro, like a, uh, ah, it's so hard to explain. And then it's like, mm. if I don't, I gotta like see, be aware of what that response is. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of time in my leadership of like our church yeah. or within the services or in prayer meetings and stuff like that, where it's like, no go, you yeah. know? And I mean, we even had like, yeah. I love that one where we had with a couple of people that are field workers. That's in what I'm thinking the, about right in now the, yeah. in the Middle East. And we were at a and they were they were home and they were like not sure what they should do next. Mm-hmm. And then I just felt like a prompting in the middle of our missions retreat to like call them forward for prayer. Yeah. And for them, yeah. that was like a huge yeah. uh, moment where they yeah. then did go back to the field to that place. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, whoa, God, like that. How how am I allowed to be a part of that moment right. for someone, for a person, you know, yeah, it's right. radical, but I didn't, I don't know. I don't even, it was not a voice. It was just like, it's so hard to explain. It's like, it, I would probably <laughs> say from other people that I've talked to about this, that's, it's this uneasiness. It's this sense. It's this, um, yeah, intuition. Yeah. Like yeah. you just, all right. You have this thought, not necessarily a thought, like a voice, but you're like, I feel like I need to do this right now mm-hmm. and you can't fully explain it, mm-hmm. but you feel like this is like, you'll be uneasy until you do that. Yes. And it's yes. because God's moving your spirit mm-hmm. towards that person, um, for whatever you feel like you need to do yep. because it's for them. Yep. He, yep. he knows it's for them. Yeah, and so exactly. it could be like moving on your heart. Like, oh, I just like, I feel like I need to help this person. I just really um, am gravitating in love towards helping this mm-hmm. family in this situation. Go do it because that's probably the Holy Spirit leading you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'll feel those promptings towards prayer as well. Like uh, even towards praying for people or mm-hmm. a church. So I'm like praying to God, like, Lord, give me those more for evangelism. Cause I don't feel like I experienced mm. those as much for yeah. that, you know? Sure, and so yeah. I've been, it's funny, even like this morning I was like walking around, like, God, give me opportunities, please, uh-huh. Lord, like open kind of reviving the, the chow prayer, the, yeah. least, like, the courage, heart opportunities and words to say. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's like, I don't know, that combo sort of makes sense to me. Like, yeah, Lord, right. give me courage, give me heart. Let, let me care, you know, not just mm-hmm. be calloused, uh, courage, heart, and then open doors, like opportunities. And right. then, okay, so what do I do <laughs> when you open the door? What do I say? Right. Uh, and so just like, Lord, please give me that. And I yeah. joke, I joke about how that's like the worst acronym ever, but, the, but with the best <laughs> meaning, you know, <laughs> totally. But we need these frameworks to help us to, yeah. because we're human, right? Yeah. We need yeah. frameworks to get, it's just like systematic theology. Yeah. We need frameworks to be able to understand things and and it, it makes sense in our minds. So then we feel like we can go forward mm-hmm. in obedience. We need that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My only caution, I think to myself and to all of us would be, let's not uh, let just very specific promptings um, be the only times that we even reach out. Like yeah, for exactly. in other words, like I used to take high schoolers or the youth pastor, we'd go to like downtown Disney, we'd go to the beach and we'd share yeah. like um, just kind of cold call, walk up to people, yep. talk about spiritual things. And uh, sometimes I'd be with a couple of students and we'd be like, okay, let's like look for somebody sitting down. And we'd like walk past like eight people sitting down. We'd like be kind of scared to like do it. And be like, I don't think it was that person. Definitely wasn't that person. And then finally we'd get to the point where like, okay, let's just walk up to the next person. (laughs) Or like, so there is a sense of like, I could be at Starbucks praying for somebody with a dog and there's someone next to me 
that maybe potentially could be someone that I could share my faith with. So totally. I, I guess it's a little bit of maybe both, or I don't know, push back on me if you think there's something that no, good, both and, good yeah. news is good news. Yeah. That's what it is. Good news is always good news. And mm. so, and, and God can apply that in so many different ways. And so we, we, we need that broad seed sowing, mm-hmm. that broad giving of the gospel so that we're ready in season and out of season, but we also need it so that we have a heart for the masses, for mm. people, the lost, we need that. And so God uses both. And so it's a both and mm-hmm. not an either or. Mm-hmm. And I think like we're, we're leaning towards the, the more led by, because it's with the, I will make you like passage. It's kind of like the, the heart of this was that it's like, it'll the, go before you. Yeah. The yeah. power of the Holy spirit, like taking, taking you there, not you having to just like yes. convince people or all that kind of stuff. Right. Yep. Yep. And these dudes, <laughs> Peter and Andrew and James and John, you know, they're like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Like <laughs> I got rejected at 13 from synagogue school. Right. Like I, I've been, I've been here working my dad's like fishing business. Right. And, uh, so whatever, if you want me, sure. <laughs> That's like kind of their, or I'd even argue, think, maybe you know? they weren't that good at fishermen. Like they didn't catch anything the night before. <laughs> so it's like, maybe what, they just like what were failing we misery. Like, Oh great. We have to fish more, but now for like, what? <laughs> but God uses that, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that dog and the story with my dog running away. It's just yeah. like, I didn't want to like, I was That's like what crazy. the heck? Wait, wait. Yeah. I get more to that story. So, uh, <laughs> you're kind of down in the dumps because you're, you applied to a mission agency. They're saying, wait, or not now. Right. You go back to San Diego, you're working your job, you're kind of frustrated in that job, and then you get this sense to buy a puppy or dog. So did you go to your wife and like, I think we're gonna buy a dog? And she's like, Yes, I've been waiting. Or like, what? No, it was kind of like, <laughs> I feel like we need to buy a dog and I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, uh, okay. And like, once again, like classic weirdo of the family, but yeah. she's like, okay. Like, and she's not like sensing this for our family at all, but she's like, okay, I'll trust you. Like, okay. She's like, you're using like God as a reason you just want a dog. And now I can't, I know, I can't right? say no. I hope my kids don't listen to this podcast because they might uh, use yeah. this but, No, it was like. I was like, there's no way I am getting a dog. This is like a ball and chain to stay in the exactly, U.S. And exactly. I was like, this is not what we're doing. Why am I doing it? And like, this is crazy. And it, But it was a sense of, I realized this, it was a sense of you can trust me and let go. Because uh-huh. there was a time where even, I think it was even in this time that the Lord said, lay this dream down. Do not mm-hmm. even pray about it mm-hmm. and I will bring it back up. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a period of like 11 or 12 months. And then that's when out of the blue, my team leader, who I knew from Biola days way back when he called me out of the blue, Hey, we're looking at going overseas to this region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to come with us? And I'm like, that was crazy. God mm-hmm. brought it back yeah. up, but it was like, okay, but it was part of this let, letting go. And that was part of that process is getting a dog. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, I was so frustrated not meeting <laughs> Muslims in my neighborhood and there, I knew that there were some there, but it just like, I'd try to talk to them and they'd basically like, Oh, hi. And then just tell me about how, like, I was curious of some follow-ups of that story. Um, it's <laughs> such a good I know. story. I know. Cause then, then you said that person that your dog ran into their house, that person like introduced you to some other like Muslims in the neighborhood. And then yep. they introduced you to some other people, but are they just like, I don't know. I'm just like imagining, are they just like, yeah, this Talk guy this wants guy. to meet some Muslim people or something. Like, what's the deal there? No, so <laughs> sounds weird. So once, question, yeah. <laughs> once again, you have to think about um, it's the Shema statement. How do you yeah. come off as an openly spiritual person, but yeah. also connect with people well? That's not intimidating. Yeah. And so I, you know, I studied intercultural studies at school. Yeah. And so I studied different religions, different cultures. And so I'm like, oh, you know, I've actually studied a lot about Islam. It's so cool to meet 
Muslims. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's been a lot of negative stuff about Muslims um, mm. in, like in the last 10 years Instantly in the U.S. Instantly disarmed. Yeah. And so like I would lo- just love to get in to know you as a person and get mm. to know you in, in Muslims in your community. Got it. And so it's just like trying to disarm this and say, I want a relationship with you because yeah. Like you're you're a cool person and you're like I know I just want to build... understand you and know you like or, yeah or, like or not understand you sounds like scientific but right like I want to actually like know about you in a right. real way not right in this... right I think that is though even just thinking through preparation how can we understand different people's worldviews in a sense where mm-hmm. not to outsmart them in their worldview or to find the weakness but almost to relate to them so right. my son fifteen uh, year old. Uh, is in baseball this summer and surprise, surprise, I was late to pick him up a couple weeks ago. So he's just sitting there on the curb. He's counting down the days till he gets his license. And, uh, there was another boy that was also waiting for his parents and the kid's Muslim. And they just started talking Mm -hmm. and Sam was able to say like, Oh, actually I studied Islam in middle school at my school. And the guy's like, really? (laughs) Like why? And so they started talking a little bit about that. Yeah. But at least according to his point of view, there was like an inroad of like, Simo knew a couple things, asked him a couple questions, yep. just basic understanding of, of someone's point of view. And honestly, we always say that the gospel moves at the speed of trust. So if mm. you're coming in hot and heavy, like ready to Bible yeah, beat someone, yeah, it's yeah. probably going to go down in flames. And right. so that is just not the way that we build trust. Yeah. The, the gospel moves at the speed of trust. And I think too, That's with good. here in Southern California, we have to think about the context that we're in because there are some Muslims here, but mm-hmm. ultimately... There are a lot of people from maybe Judeo-Christian backgrounds and they're kind of post-Christian or they're mm-hmm. kind of this Orange County life, very focused on success, um, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, yeah. the next making those financial moves to secure themselves. What are those places that are openings? I would call them cognitive openings of receptivity mm-hmm. for people where it's like, so we had a friend who would always say, hey, when, when there's deaths, when there's uh, ever sadness or celebration. And mm. so during those times at her workplace, she mm. would go in and be like, hey, like, I'm so cool. I'm so glad it's your birthday. It's so cool. Like, I just want you to know that I've been praying blessing for you and your this new year for you, mm. that, that God would bless you and your family. And that's it. And just leave it there mm. and see what happens and see mm. what conversation happens. Because then uh, sometimes something would come up later on. I mean, she worked at a hospital. You can't just be right. totally open. Mm. And that's part of respect. But that's also part of trusting God's yeah. process. Yeah, yeah. So... And yeah, right. Like later when something's more intense in their life, hey, can you pray for me again about right. that? You know, totally. again, or and I whatever. can't tell you how many times yeah. I've had that yeah. over the years of being faithful. And then everyone starts yeah, flooding in good. when it's time. Hmm. That's a quotable right there. The gospel goes at the speed of trust. That's right. I really like that. Uh, and then a quotable you said on Sunday was uh, maybe we should rename it. Not the great commission, great calling, but the great certainty. I thought that was really good. So I have a confession. That that's definitely lifted from Piper. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I liked it. Wow. Oh, Matt no, likes but... to not let women ask men for directions too. Oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh goodness. I, I like, just walked into landmark. I like John Piper's <laughs> mission missional call. Maybe not all of his all right, views yeah, on uh, church. <laughs> sure. No. But um, yeah, that that wasn't that wasn't me. But I think that for me, that was it's really empowering. If God didn't have people for me already planned, known yeah. and set up, um, not that this is a full on like 
um calvinist arminian like yeah, okay that's yeah. like beyond the scope of that you know but the reality is god is calling people mm-hmm. and so we can just walk in the good works he has like ephesians 2 10 says mm-hmm. but means that finding those people that he has already chosen mm-hmm. and that is such a place of freedom if there weren't people that he had called when we went overseas or when i was going to work and like trying to share with people at work i'd be so like overwhelmed mm-hmm. and bummed mm-hmm. it just i couldn't do it but because it's a great certainty he will accomplish his, his work. It's yeah. just a, such a place of freedom. It's and then I'm like, all right, I just get to reap and joy today of seeing mm. what you do. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I love it. That's really cool. But he chose that timeline based on choice. Anyway, <laughs> just bringing my Molinism in his Molinism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did something on Sunday too. Speaking of love just it. predestination, Calvinism, oh all of uh, the godly truths that we celebrate here in the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you said, "Hey, take a photo of this slide. It's got a bunch of verses on it with just you know who God is, how he how he acts." It's like, "Oh, I'm gonna start doing that in my messages too. I like that." <laughs> well, it's it's hard because I want to get, and this is where I'm so thankful for my wife is that. You know, and Eric and I were laughing about this because I had shared with Amy, hey, this is what I'm kind of thinking. And she's like, that's way too much teaching in scripture. (laughs) Like, you're just going to people are going to choke on that. It's just too much. You need to put some meat on the bones and examples and and help people be encouraged to live this out in real life. Sure. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like maybe Brian can. I'm an intense guy, so I could go like 100 miles an hour for a while. But Mm -hmm. most people can't. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually pretty normal. And I'm the one that's kind of the odd man out. And so, um, but I was telling Eric about that. And he's like, yeah, I would never tell B. (laughs) I'd never open up. I know. I never tell my. I don't understand what you guys do. She she wouldn't remember it was you anyway. Well, exactly. That was a great great TikTok video I saw. No, I'll I'll go over my messages with my wife simply because she she does have a different point of view yeah. on things. But no, no, yep. I just want to like, what's the? How does this practically play out? Do you stand up and she sits down like in a chair and you're like, "Good morning, Calvary. I'm Matt Doan." And like, well, it, earlier in my today, ministry, I'm gonna, you, the like, answer preach was it? yes. You preach it to her. Oh. I would yes. Now it's just more of conversations. Okay, 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 okay. Like this is what I'm, think I'm, I'm thinking talk about. I'm thinking about this. Do this make sense? Like okay, that type yeah. of thing. sounds way better. Totally. To me. Sounds, no, that's exactly. Okay. It was much more of like I'm thinking of sharing in this way and with this point, you know, this and talking about these things. Okay. And so that, and, but that's where I'm like, yeah, but I feel like it's a lot. It's like 25 minutes at this point, and she was like, her eyes got big. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm the third best preacher in my family. So it goes Lily, then Marie, and then me. So it's anytime I get wisdom. Dang. Sorry, Seth. Sorry. <laughs> Under the bus. The rest of, by, by the time they're adults, I'll be, I'll be down. I'll be number six. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's cool. Plus, like, Brian, like, when people, when it's like a Brian, now I feel like, like, when it's a Brian Smith sermon, people want the good stories, too. You gotta be, I know. You're gonna now like, I'm on the hook. I know. Sorry, guys. Exactly. Exactly. Also, uh, not I, to perform. Don't worry. No, but, there's yeah. so, the cool thing, though, is yeah. that talking to other people at Calvary, this isn't unique. This mm-hmm. is life with Jesus. Yep. And that's what we I want us to hear, that this is not Brian. This sure. is true life with Jesus. Amen. There's it's so cool. many people that like talked to me or emailed me, said like, oh, this is going on in my life. And this is mm. how I hear. I'm like, that's amazing. That's so mm. cool. That was really encouraging to me. That is. And they were just encouraged to like keep going forward. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so like we need to realize that yeah. this is not like our role is to equip you to do the work yeah. as, as pastors. Yep. 
Yeah, let's talk about that end part a little bit, just like what, like after the response, because it was so cool because you invited people up for prayer, further prayer, just as they respond to this in some way. Right. And um, like, honestly, I had like a little moment of like pastoral doubt, like where, because like you went, you walked over and then I was sitting there and like the song, they started doing like the instrumental and I'm like, oh dude, nobody's coming forward. Totally. It's, it's a bust. I'm all bust. Yeah, yeah. In my head, that whole feeling of just like, cause I start, you know how it is. Like you try to, you trust, you trust. And then all of a sudden if something's not like going, you're thinking like, oh man, dang it. <laughs> but, uh, so I have to like process through that myself. But then all of a sudden it was like a floodgate opened or something. And I looked up and all of a sudden it was like every like leader up there was paired up with somebody it felt like totally and i think what i i want to shout out to lauren mcgunnigal because i noticed that she was really praying and i i I actually went back yesterday to see how how did that go at the end because i didn't see it because i'm up there praying with people and so i i went back to the youtube and i was looking at it and i realized that she gave a lot of space and then she made like she's like i feel like god is doing this and so she pressed into that yeah and that i think was like Oh, okay. I do need to respond. I think maybe yeah. God is doing this. Don't be afraid. Come yeah. forward. And this isn't, and I, I told Amy, I said, I don't think this is all the time. We can't, this isn't proper to do all the time because it's like, then it's like you're twisting people's arms to respond. Sure. But it has to be something that's spirit led that he's doing and that yeah. we're just partnering with him and encouraging people to step into that. Yeah. And I think that she did that. And then people started really yeah. coming. Yeah. That was awesome. And I actually couldn't hear what she said because I, to be, to be honest, I was already praying with someone, so that's cool because yeah, I couldn't hear too. what she was saying. Um, um, but that's cool that you went back and listened to it because I ended up praying for four people hmm. just yeah. on like the very front part, not even on the sides, yeah. you know. And so, like, lots of people were coming forward, so that was just so special. Great fruit already, great fruit to yeah. come, even yeah. just from this message and series of encouraging our people to go out and and I want to encourage fish people. For people. Studies show that if you don't obey within 24 to 48 hours of making some hmm. practical step forward in obe- obeying Jesus, it's probably you're not going to obey. Yeah. Most likely. And so this isn't like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but say, God, give me grace. Give me, and say, yeah. and start to dream with God. What could this look like in the next yep. 24 to 48 hours to say, I just want to take three minutes, God, and sit down and say, God, lead me today. Yeah. That's a step forward. That yep. is a part of obedience. You've, yes, absolutely. But doing nothing, that you're not going to see that transformation in your life. That's good. That's mm-hmm. really good. I agree. So let's so pray first, as we've said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pray yep. first, and yep. then um, but respond. And mm-hmm. even it's not just only respond if your dog runs in someone's house. No, but, um, <laughs> or get a dog. Uh, yeah, there you go. Buy a dog. But um, let's okay. Let's do a little uh, listener email or Whoa. listener questions. Whoa. We do have some questions. Are you uh, are you saying questions like plural? Yeah, I'm using the plural form of the word question, which is rare for our podcast it's very rare <laughs> i'm thrilled i did do the thing where we put out a little social media plead pl- yeah yeah please please we're, ask we're not something. beyond begging whether that's for a promoter or a sponsor oh, yeah. or uh, a, a question <laughs> we're not guys. beyond oh yeah who should be our sponsor for today i feel like I it should be that S- is the spca still exists Oh, the ASPCA? Like for dogs? Yeah, like yeah, I feel yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like after these two dog stories, we need to have yeah, like... the Animal Protection Society. Or, or maybe PetSmart. We could PetSmart. <laughs> okay, guys, I have to tell this story really quick. Okay, okay. okay. Or like a leash company, because Brian needs a better leash. So, <laughs> this, so, talk about real talk. So, this... 
we had this dog for about oh, a year and a half. Oh yeah, what happened to it? Oh, so no. what happened to Opal? Should we edit this? Slash Jonah. No, it's okay. <laughs> okay. You know, what, okay. what happened Opal was that slash Jonah. <laughs> it was we we had our first um, our daughter, our first child, and yes. Amy was really having a rough go with postpartum, mm-hmm. and so she it was just really hard at home and in a small like 550 yeah. square foot apartment in this Ooh. dog and she's a terrier so she's like kind of wacky right terror. and it was like just a lot and so we we're like what are we going to do and we said okay we just we just can't do this so we had to give her back to the rescue and they okay. were not happy oh, <laughs> yeah, they will judge you oh yeah. judge to the core i mean it was so interesting so we're back here during covid in orange county staying at one of the mission houses in Orange County, and we go out to the park because it's like we gotta get outside somewhere. So we're masked up, like at the park, and this lady is walking this dog, and I'm like, "What the heck is that?" And she gets closer. This is right here in Tustin, and she's like, "I look, I'm like, that's Opal. No way, it's Opal slash Jonah. This is insane." So I, I'm like, I have to, I have to like just make some small talk conversation. So I'm like, "Hey, how's it going? Like, I really like your dog. Like." And he's like, oh, yeah, we really love her. I'm like, okay, it's a girl. I know yeah, that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, tell me like the story. How old is she? Oh, she's like five, six years old. Okay, check number two. <laughs> and like, do you get her from like a rescue or something? And he's like, yeah, apparently the people gave her back from the rescue in San Diego. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And she didn't even recognize me, the Opal. ungrateful dog. Oh, Opal didn't know you. No clue. <sighs> No love lost. Did you there. out yourself to the lady? Did you tell that you were the owner? I slipped silently into the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh, that's you've, amazing. You've learned how to avoid detection I bet in, it, working in secret countries. I bet, Opal, <laughs> I bet Opal's owners listening to this podcast right now and be like, I knew it. I knew it. We felt so bad uh, because it's like we, we knew that like that's, that's not the way you like but no, we, I know. It's just People are more important than pets at the end of the day, but it was sure. it was hard. Yeah, <laughs> all that's dogs, awesome. All dogs, Anyways, all dogs now go to heaven. Come on, you guys. Now this, is why you should, this is why you should listen to the podcast, especially yes. if you're if you're here listening to sermons. Yeah, you're going to get the color commentary of what happened to <laughs> yeah. Opal. Now, yeah, we can we can do some emails or whatever. <laughs> yes, now, but I just had go. to get that that's out. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I like that because you don't need to evangelize the dogs because all dogs go to heaven, right? So, right. And so you if you work for the ASPCA <laughs> oh, right. or PetSmart, you are now on the clock to give us something. Or Sarah McLaughlin, <laughs> who sings like the songs on those like help the dogs, you know. <laughs> I will remember you. Okay, if you want to give us an old Sarah McLaughlin CD or a leash oh, or maybe right, some dog talk. bones. Okay, so serious question. And it's semi-related to the topic, so I was going to ask this one. And we okay. we did get a few. We're probably not going to be able to cover all of them this week, but we will by next week for sure. So all thank of you. Them. Wow, Brian, you just wow. brought the yeah. you brought the in, the um, emails. So this one came in on Facebook uh, from Elaine. She says, "I have a question for you, gentlemen." Wow, that's high praise, very right there. high yeah. class. Yeah. Back in the olden days, so this kind of relates to like uh, evangelism and stuff. Back in the olden days, we had eternal security pounded in our heads parentheses once saved always saved but now i keep hearing that people can lose their salvation i'm not talking about blaspheming the holy spirit then they even said has calvary church changed their position do you teach that you can be snatched out of god's hand so i think this person is not saying they heard that at calvary church but they do hear that right in places in the world that you could lose your salvation 
Well, we've got Brian here. Um, <laughs> you want to take a, a stab at this one real quick first? I think it's a relatively easy answer, in my opinion. But it's a but good yeah, question, too. Yeah, great every question. person wrestles at some yes. point with, am I really saved? Yeah. Totally. And I think that's uh, first to recognize that that is, when, when going through a season of heavy doubt, is mm-hmm. it, or for doubt for someone you love, for example, like a family member or a friend of like, are they really saved? Are they in the kingdom? I And that can be a tough place. And so just yeah. want to recognize that, that that is a, um, it's a heart wrenching place. And it can be for people who really, if you're really caring for them, I think it can be a scary place. And yeah. so just recognizing that. I think scripturally, when you look at John 10, you look at other places, no one can snatch them from the father's hand. Right. You look at other places. I think it's pretty clear that you can't lose your salvation. This is what I would say we would teach here at Calvary Church. Correct. Um, but this is um, uh, it's it's this idea of who's really in the kingdom and leaving that fruit to God, yeah. um, in understanding that ultimately the God God is the one who is um, who is uh, who understands and sees it all, and that we don't have to do that. And so that's a place of freedom. Some people like to say, "Well, I need I need to know if they're going to heaven or not. Yeah. Are they?" heaven bound or they hell bound where are they where are they bound and the reality is that we can live in security that is god's work to right. bring them in and right. that we have a role in that but it's god's work and so if it's god's work he will maintain his work yeah um so yeah that's yeah, good add Figured. to that too yeah john 10 28 that passage that says you know you can't be snatched out of the father's hand and john 10 is just a great passage if you're ever struggling with okay i've placed my faith in jesus but have i lost it have i done something I think just to sit in John chapter 10 and hear Jesus's words, you know, the sheep hear my voice, mm-hmm. like you even referenced yep. earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I've laid down my life for the sheep. Um, and then just that idea, you can't be snatched out of the father's hand. Philippians uh, 1, 6, um, you know, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Yep. And yeah. that's context is kind of context is kind of talking about even prompting the, Philip, the Philippians to give gener- generously to the work of Paul's missionary work. But I think you can also kind of step back to be like, no, but God's faithful. Mm-hmm. And even when we're faithless, that doesn't determine God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that's really important yeah. to understand. And then another passage, John, I mean, uh, Ephesians chapter two, eight through 10, yep. the idea of that it's by grace you're saved, not by works. Yep. Yep. And so then you can do the inverse of that. If if works don't save you, yep. then works also can't <laughs> lose your salvation. Right, right, so right. works don't determine whether you're in or you're out. And I almost wonder if like what the thing she's hearing lately or whatever that she's speaking of is because I have heard some things about some people talking about like works-based salvation more out there. Like there's this church that did this like um, challenge that if you can come, we believe that you like you have to have works to be saved. And if you can come to my church and prove us wrong, we'll give you like $25,000 or I forget the details of that. There's like some, wow, that's easy cash money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they're just like, I think they were just doing it as like a attention getter kind of a thing. Oh, okay. But like, I think their ultimate view, which I think would be our view as well, would be that works are a, like the fruit of like a symbol of the salvation that's already taken right. place in you. Um, and so sometimes we might say like, well, if they're just like zero fruit ever, maybe that person actually wasn't saved. It's not that they lost their salvation, but right. it's mm-hmm. possible that could have just been um, a deception or just like something that like wasn't, you know, just cause you say words in a prayer doesn't mean you're saved. Now we're no. not trying to put a bunch of doubt in people's minds, but, um, it's, it's Jesus that does the, the work, not us. So, right. Um, yeah. And there's past, I mean, Hebrews six is a tough passage to yeah. think yeah, through. So it's, yeah, tough, exactly. it's impossible if they've 
been enlightened or tasted and then to walk away. First John chapter two, uh, verse 19, the idea that they didn't truly belong to us yeah. because they didn't remain with us. Um, so there does seem to be some indication that people that claimed Christ and then walked away never really knew him. Right. Totally. But, right. okay, let's just not look at somebody else. Let's look at ourselves. And I think that's the key thing. Like, mm-hmm. okay, am I saved? Well, <laughs> do I believe that Jesus yeah. <laughs> died on the cross for my sins, mm-hmm. that he's my savior, that he is God? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I believe the scriptures say, Romans 10, 9, that, that, mm-hmm. that salvation comes yes. to this house. Yep. And so do I have doubts like you're saying? Yeah, of course. There's always right. going to be struggles with that. But... But we've been sealed by the Holy yes. Spirit as yeah. well. Yeah. That's that. yeah. So, yeah, I think that's good. I think I, that's a that, that's good answering of that question. But thank you so much, Elaine. I think it's like a really good question to ask. It's like a it's important. Yeah, it's an important hard topic. I mean, a lot of of uh, more formal discipleship, like like the navigators, like discipleship curriculums. I think that's chapter one is assurance of salvation. Sure. You know, it's yeah. just like that's what you do first to kind of just like okay, let me ground this in right. truth of of uh, the grace and of Jesus yeah. Christ and the power of the Lord. Well, cause yeah, Satan's so. the great deceiver. Yeah. And so he's going to, one of the main things he'll do when you start journeying with Jesus is really, really, can you trust him? Yeah. Really? Right. You think you're in his flock? Really? You're adopted by him? Really? Yeah. And it exactly. says he who has the son has life. First John five. So yeah, there you go. You got it. It's good. It's good. Uh, okay. Well, let's mix in a lighter one here. All right. Um, why you too? <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent question. That is, this is for wonderful Molly. One question. for the ages. But it was kind of serious. What specifically about that group and their music drew you in? What age were you? How does it make your soul feel? What songs take you back to moments in time? Wow. Whoa, this is a question so, for Eric. I guess we'll just go ahead a, and mute our mics. Yeah, go ahead and just sit back, guys, and listen Learn. to the sweet tones of Bono's <laughs> voice. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I was in middle school. I think I was 13 when Joshua Tree came out in 87, and I got that tape, that cassette tape, Mm -hmm. and I used to, I remember uh, it was, I had Joshua Tree and Amy Grant, the collection, and I would, (laughs) like, those are, like, my two main tapes, (laughs) and I would, like, listen to those on my Walkman, my cassette tape, little headphones Walkman, while I, like, did chores around the house. Brian's looking at you blankly, but I know know. exactly what you're talking about. So epic. So that was 87, that was when, so that was, like, kind of like the apex of U2 because that's when they won um, like best album stuff like that too so they're just like very in the forefront of things and then my friend um, who was actually like the worship leader of my youth group he was I think I think he was like maybe a senior when I was a freshman or he was a little older than that even but we ended up becoming more friends later but he was like my youth group leader and uh, he was just like a U2 fanatic and he would pick me up and take me to church and drive me home every single um, Wednesday night discipleship. And yeah, dude, it's totally, he totally discipled me. Yeah. He did disciple me into the love of you too and, and the love of Jesus both. Uh, so uh, you can do both. Uh, but, yep. um, yeah, I to- so just listen to all this cool stuff and, and, uh, love that. And I was really captured by the way that, um, Bono is like the primary lyric writer. Like he uses a lot of, um, biblical imagery within his writings and biblical lyrics, well, and a lot of people kind of like fault you two for like, why aren't you more of a Christian band? And, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, probably even on the podcast a little bit because um, they but they also are. Um, I believe that at least that Bono is like a, a follower of Jesus um, and he might 
have some things he thinks differently than some of us here at the same time. And, um, but, uh, he also grows, grew up in a unique place in time and, and, um, both time and place in Ireland during like the troubles and during all of that. And so I think his like work for justice is like maybe even higher than his, like his deed is higher than his word, <laughs> you know, right. or it's like social justice is much higher for him than like evangelism probably would be. But, um, I really love the way he speaks about like a care for people as well as like a love of God. So that's like, like kind of been a lot of like why I think it's very deeply meaningful. So like those songs that take me back to moments in time, definitely like, um, with or without you and some of that Joshua tree stuff, um, just like, both the blue sky like i just like kind of rocking even but just like love all that kind of stuff so anyway that's a maybe also probably one of the best stadium bands concert bands ever to exist 100 percent, like absolutely so like uh prior to like who's out like now that's new like a lot of people like talk about taylor swift because she's just like making so much money and puts on such a show these right. days but um but like kind of prior would be like people like Rolling Stones or mm -hmm. stuff like maybe obviously like the Beatles or whatever. But like U2 is just puts on one of the, the best concerts in both arenas and stadiums that you could like ever see. So, yeah. So that's why I'll be seeing them four times this fall at the Sphere Ooh. in Las Vegas. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My closest connection to you two is uh, yes. the music i can't get off my apple phone i got for free <laughs> <laughs> that got that got a huge backlash uh -oh. didn't it yeah. it's just the, the no. deep sigh now brian's making me mad yeah <laughs> do you still have it on yours <laughs> no it's definitely removed <laughs> you should have kept it because it's an incredible album songs of innocence and you would have loved it and it would have changed your life <laughs> um and actually has some good songs on the album. The first song's terrible, which is, it's that, some, like, The Miracle of Joy Ramone or whatever. It's, like, not a great song. And so it's, like, everybody got this thing for free. And Listen then also the first song. first song, I, it's, like, one of my least favorite U2 songs in existence. But then <laughs> I think the next song or the third song is Every Breaking Wave, yeah. which is, I think, the best sort of new era U2, like, in the last couple albums. Mm -hmm. It's, like, so good. And I wish that song was first. And everybody been like, yes, you're back. We love you. We're sorry for all the things we've said again. Against you and uh, Tim Cook or whoever it was, if it was I don't know, Steve, <laughs> Jobs, Steve Jobs. Jordan, uh, could you uh, could you outro our podcast with every breaking wave? Today? I'm pretty sure we can't afford the whatever the fee what is for right? like, every breaking wave. Like ten uh, seconds of it. <laughs> there goes our new roof here. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I always say this. This is uh, you two didn't put this album on your phone. Apple put this album on your phone. Totally, oh. totally. They, no, that's totally they true. They paid you two $100 million for the right to do that, by the way. Unbelievable. And I think I would say yes to that as well. If but I, I think Bono, if I'm, if I'm correct <laughs> totally. from reading his uh, book, he pitched the idea. <laughs> I mean... I don't think so. I don't think that's true. I, I don't know. I would pitch the idea for $100 million. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. All right, all right. Let's do a couple other... Couple other this, this one's a little more serious. And yeah, we'll go... We'll, we'll try and be careful of time here. But um, uh, how do you handle, this is like a little more serious, how to handle when your family is becoming Christian nationalist? This person's asked to stay anonymous. Um, wow. So now let's like maybe a little bit of defining terms or of how we're defining these terms. Like I was saying like maybe a Christian nationalist is someone who places allegiance to country higher than allegiance to God mm -hmm. uh, or finds their identity more in um, this kind of like being an American and having 
I think it's typically like a far far right conservative like like line of values mm -hmm. like you stand for those things like above standing for god mm -hmm. uh, sure uh i don't know what how else would you think you would define the term yeah i think just it, before we get into the you know like yeah the topic at hand yeah i don't know i i think yeah. it i would say it's different than being patriotic yes and loving your country i don't think that there's anything necessarily unbiblical about that but right um and we'll get into that but probably the dis, that distinction patriotism versus a nationalism this idea of holding that above the precepts of god and uh the outworking of his kingdom and his church um for his purposes in the earth and so holding the purposes of our country or a particular group above the kingdom of god right right mm -hmm. and that I, I america think, is like a christian nation or whatever yeah and i yeah, think yeah, to yeah. add to that it would be to kind of have this view that um our nation or whatever nation you're coming from is more favored and blessed by god than right any oh yeah other that's nation. good that's good so, that's actually good um yeah, okay. now we have to just <laughs> celebrate that this nation that we live in has been so blessed by god beyond i think what any of us deserve mm -hmm. um, yep. i mean as far as even the economic prosperity that the comfort that we live in uh the freedom to worship um there's there's just this this experiment of a nation has been mm -hmm. <laughs> like overwhelmingly positive for most of i i should say there's lots of people groups that haven't felt that sure but absolutely. i should say um as a as as a follower of jesus there's been lots of freedoms here that other places haven't yes. been able to experience so so thankful for the blessings that we've experienced here, but to think that America's uh, more loved or valued by God than another nation. I ran into this when I was in Albania years ago. We did a, a camp for teens and we talked about, I said, God loves you so much. And we had like a little Q and A and one of the kids goes, but not as much as America. Hmm. I go, what do you mean? Hmm. He goes, because in Albania we have so many problems, but in America you don't have any problems. I'm like, well, first of all, Right. There, there's a right. ton of problems. There's a ton of sin in well, America. So don't. Because then it's like also define another term. What's blessing? Like you right. said, America's what blessed. Is blessing? Like what yeah, is blessing? That's actually yeah, a good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for thanks for. <laughs> no, no, I'm not um, trying to correct you, that. but yeah, yeah, for that guy. Um. So yeah. So like yeah. we kind of had to like work through that a little bit. Yeah. Um. And then I think there's uh just a uh, egocentric view of like oh yes. everything that happens to me and where I live is most important. Yes. Yes. We have to be careful, too, because it can really quickly turn to uh, ethnocentrism as well. Right. right. That this ethnic group who is primarily leading the country uh, in that has been for years, then this is going to be like this keeps the one percent on top. And, and I'm right. not talking this isn't like a leftist thing at all. That's not what I'm saying no, or left what... or right or any of that. Yeah. But rather that that this group is the the blessed group and has to it has to stay that way. The status quo without recognizing the blessings that have been in good history and the the failings that we've had, mm -hmm. we have to recognize both. But mm -hmm. uh, And then I would say, how do you respond to someone in your family yeah. like this? So one is, I think humility always goes a long way. Yes. Humility, yes. grace, and patience. So to have grace on family members that maybe think differently than you. Right, model like what you would hope for other Absolutely. people to, yep. to do yep. in the way they act. Um, yeah. Maybe even Preston Sprinkle talks a lot about this in his work too, about just understanding their point of view. So why mm -hmm. do they think that? Is there some right. fear they have? Is there something they feel like they've lost? What's happened that's kind of yeah. created? Maybe even this like resurgence of uh, like allegiance or nationalism. Yeah. And then I think a third thing that's helpful, <laughs> well, number one, 
if you can send them on a short-term t- trip, go somewhere else in the world and just see a different perspective. Yes. I know anytime I leave this country and come back, I have two thoughts. Number one, I'm thankful yeah. for this country uh, when I return because yeah. um, I feel like it's my home. Um, but then secondly, I see the world from God's perspective much bigger than I did before. Mm-hmm. And so I would just encourage most people, I would guess, that kind of have that real heightened sense of nationalism mm-hmm. probably haven't been other places. Mm. Right. Yeah. Maybe even just like asking very kind, clarifying questions, like help me understand like, cause maybe it's like not even as extreme as what you think it is. And cause sometimes people might think somebody is that, but they're really just a, like a conservative person, you know? And so like, as you ask some like clarifying questions, right. you might like get to like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't mean that. Or, you know, that person might be even just saying like, yeah, no, I don't mean God doesn't love the world. God loves America, Mm -hmm. you know, or something. They're not rewriting John 3.16 or something. But yeah, so I don't know. I wonder if like, and if they are, I don't know. That's going to be But I I think what you love, you talk about. And so people, if if you're talking about America left and right all the time and how, you know, we're going to pot and how we need to get back on the track and you're doing all the things about the politics and we're going to do this. And I'm not talking about being engaged in politics. I'm talking about that. That is the primary way of transformation that's going to happen here. That's Uh how it is. Uh If you're believing that you're probably a Christian nationalist of some way. And Mm -hmm. the reality is that that is not the primary mode of transformation. It is the church. Yeah. It is the kingdom of God. It is the gospel. Right. Right. Yeah. Your sort of success in in the the world or in life isn't um isn't the mission of god for any of us like you know we can like think that for just ourselves and like how we want to make money or how we want to whatever totally. like my success in the in a worldly way isn't the mission of god yeah um, I, have a, I have a cool story too yeah. just i i think maybe the temptation would be for a family member to be like okay let's just agree to disagree or let's just not bring up these topics totally um and maybe that is good until you can talk through it gracefully and patiently. Yeah. But I think even just to help family members or even yourself, uh, a great story I just heard. We both heard Brian was uh, a fellow missions pastor in orange, took a group of people to a mosque in Anaheim just to kind of let them experience it, develop a heart for Muslims. And he brought the group back and a parent of one of the college kids, I think he, he had had come on the, on the little tour, called him up and just screamed at him. Like, how dare you take my child or, or college kid to this mosque, you know, you're just, you know, emphasizing a false religion and, you know, we have nothing to do with them. And this missions pastor here in Orange is so great. He was patient with them, listened to his concerns, said, you know what, why don't you just come with us next time so you can see what we experienced? (laughs) Guy somehow said yes, right? Yeah. Came on the trip, totally flipped his point of view and is now meeting regularly <laughs> in um, a Muslim restaurant with a wow. guy just to talk about, you know, what they believe. That's cool. <laughs> so it's like, wow, his experience changed yeah. his viewpoint. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if like the asker of the question to you, I wonder if you could be willing to be a little more patriotic. This might sound weird, huh. but be willing to be a little patriotic without being nationalistic like meet halfway and model that like, Hey, this yeah. is how you can love your country. God places people in nations and, mm-hmm. you know, and like the people of Israel seem to be pretty like stoked on who they were. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like they have celebrations and stuff mm-hmm. and it's like, okay to have celebrations to sure. like July 4th or whatever. Right. But like do it in such a way that models like a Christ like way of love of country, but love of 
people and really like God's world more, mm-hmm. you know, at some level. Totally. That's good. So, and I totally get yeah. this, like moving back to the U.S. Just yeah. like so you see the the fault lines everywhere. Yeah. And when you come from a different perspective now, I've been forever changed. So there's ways where I won't ever feel at home again living here. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's given me a wider perspective. And mm-hmm. but that has been a process for me becoming a little bit more patriotic even in like yeah. so that's an area of, of work for me. Right. Right. Yeah, that's so, interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I go to, you know, I was in Paris on Bastille Day. And it's like, I expect them to be stoked on France, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I right. don't know. I don't expect them to be like, oh, France is bad. <laughs> nice French accent right there. <laughs> I love the French. <laughs> Freedom prize. Yeah, exactly. You like that? Oh, man. Is that me being I just a it. really good cross-cultural I worker? I loved it. It was really good. It's my work in it with greater recognition. <laughs> I love the French. <laughs> Jordan, if you could just take that as a promo for this. Uh, the, the what, do call it, what do you call it? Timestamp it? Oh, goodness. No, please don't okay. timestamp that. But yeah, I don't know. I think you can just try to pray, be gracious, yeah. ask some kind, clarifying questions, Sure. model what it looks like to be yep. um, patriotic without being nationalistic. But like also, I think gently you can say things like, yeah, I really believe that God so loved the world. Like, and that mm-hmm. is, you know, like that's... and. God loves all the nations and mm-hmm. one day we're all going to be together and let's mm-hmm. maybe have a little more of that perspective. I have just found that the more and more I've feel like I grow in my faith as well as in like my heart for global missions, mm. the less I sort of care about how good America does. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. you know, it's just, it's like, it's about how good the mission of the gospel does, yeah. so to speak or yes. whatever. You know, is what matters. The, yeah. the so. good of the church. And that yeah. includes the church in America. Yeah. It doesn't exclude it, but it's the global church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and a lot of people are called to really press into. I mean, I mean, I, we've dedicated our lives to yeah. pressing into the American church. Yeah, you know? feel right. called so, to it. Yeah, 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 we feel called to it as well. Uh, let me tell you, though, World Cup, Women's World Cup's coming up. Oh, yeah. That, I'm going to be fiercely v- rooting for the U.S. I think that is what helps you with, like, uh, patriotism <laughs> and versus nationalism. You know, yeah. I will be fiercely rooting for the U.S. as well. Sure. Yeah. It'll be fun. Who are you going to root for? I know. You didn't sound very convicted on that, Brian. Mm-hmm. Do you even, I don't know. Do you even care? <laughs> I, I do love I do love soccer. I'll be, I'll be rooting for uh, Chelsea. You and I. <laughs> yes! Uh, although... Most of the Chelsea players are on the England team, so maybe Saudi true. Arabia now. The, the women's the women's Chelsea players. No, totally. Okay. <laughs> All right, I think people are bored of that. Uh, so hopefully that helped you. Sorry, too much soccer talk. You know, I try to like really be careful about my soccer talk here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is good. We'll answer some of the other questions next time because we are at almost a hour twenty here. So thank you so much, Brian, for joining Woo! us today. Well done, thanks guys. Well, yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Doan, and thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. If you'd like to share any of your thoughts, please reach out to us at podcast at calvarylife.org. You can find out more about the show on Instagram at Calvary Life or on our website at calvarylife.org slash podcast.